Okay, guys, I'm nervous about posting this next episode, but I think it's an important talk. And uh, some parts of it will be probably kind of funny and uh, as I get worked up and talk about this, but it's something that's important to me. It's something that I'm sensitive to. I, I want to preface this episode by saying I think the biggest problem in our society right now is maybe this lack of understanding of the fact that everybody should just be nice and understanding and empathetic towards one another. And if we did that, so many things would be solved. So many of these problems would go away. But one of the things I'm not okay with, and I'm not going to stand here as a health and fitness and wellness professional, is this idea that telling people who have clinical um, health-related abnormalities don't have repercussions, and on top of that, there isn't anything they can do about it if they tried because it isn't their fault. There are lots of factors that lead to somebody maybe being clinically obese, and we'll get into those. And we're also going to talk about why it's important to address them and also why it's important to understand where those people are and meet them where they are and come at, come at it in a way that shows you are here to help, you care about them, where they are. There's nothing wrong with them as a person, but they might not be having the experience in life that they could be having if they dealt with those issues. So I talk about the sensitive subject. Um, Right now, we're in a state with our society that if you say the wrong thing, you're cut out from public life. Uh, I don't want that to happen. I, I want people to understand what it is I'm trying to say here and where I'm coming at it from. Um, And hopefully this helps you address this kind of stuff within your own communities. So I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Here is Levi and I talking about some of the social issues and how they have impacted um, health and fitness. Guys, we are so excited to finally announce our first mentor group that we're going to run through the Elevate Trainer Development Platform. These mentor groups are going to run for two months and we're only going to take 10 people at a time. Over the course of that two months, we're going to do a weekly one-on-one Zoom call with me. There'll also be a weekly group Zoom call with the entire class where we'll get to talk about different things you guys are working on and strategies for making improvement. There's going to be video coaching feedback where you'll actually video yourself in a coaching session, and then we'll give you feedback on the next weekly one-on-one. There'll also be various assignments and workshops that will be specific to what you're working on and where you're at. It's $250 for the two months. We're going to make announcements on our Instagram page and our Facebook page on how to get in contact with us, register for that kind of thing. So if you're interested in that sort of thing or you know somebody that might be, make sure you pay attention to those platforms or let the people who you think might benefit from it know so they can get signed up. Levi, we're back together, and I'm nervous about this one. I know. You're coming in hot today. No, I'm not hot. I was hot yesterday. Today, I'm... Fired up. up. No, no. I've calmed down. Everything's fine. I want to have a cool, calm, collected conversation, and it's going to be beneficial for everybody. We'll see about that. Um, so, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about. I think, first this stuff that we've been talking about. I it, We don't have to have a big conversation about it. I just want to address it. I think we should have a big conversation okay. about it. it will, it'll go where it goes. <laughs> uh, I want to have um, the conversation about um, what we were talking about earlier, but then also I think what we can do, because it doesn't take a ton of digging into, but um, what do you think about uh, talking about this idea of like functional training and what functional is? So really like a two-part thing. We can just address it because it's going on in the, in the community and the culture at large right now. But then we can also get into something that's a little more practical that I think the people that listen to this would appreciate, which is yeah. functional movements and functional training and what that means specifically to um, to exercise prescription and movement selection. Yeah, and, so and, I, and I know we've personally had this discussion many times before and we can dig into it more later but the uh, 
the different approaches to what functional means and what different organizations or professions and such think functional means. Right. Um, and well, maybe maybe we can end it with an arm wrestle, and whoever wins the arm wrestle is right. Maybe we should do a run, because now I'm a legit distance runner. Because <laughs> you ran four miles at one time? Yeah, I ran four miles. <laughs> for, the, right. for those of you that don't know me, like I'm a 250-pound guy that primarily does weightlifting, <laughs> so to run nearly four miles is a pretty massive accomplishment. Yeah, so I, I came home from that, and I told my wife, I'm an elite athlete now. Hey, I um, I commend you, okay? And I think it's wonderful. Now, what what I haven't said yet is that I've been sore for three days since I can barely walk downstairs because my calves From are so sore. From the run, you think? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, well, you know, I started running more, too, mainly because I just don't really care for it. And um, you said it was not advisable to just start running a whole bunch out of nowhere. Yeah. Who would do that? Uh, somebody that didn't know better. Um, luckily, I know better, uh, but I do it anyways. Uh, Same. And, and as soon as I um, get through the wall of like my knees hurting and ankles hurting and feet hurting and you know Achilles tendon sore and this little tweak and that, yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah, it's you're fine. fine. I also like this is a good time to bring up the topic of like wearables for for fitness tracking. What, right now? Yeah. That's a whole... No, because then we're going to fight about it. Well, I don't no, really no, fight no. I don't really fight with you about it. I do fight with certain people about I don't, it. I don't mean like which ones are best. I don't mean in the, in the matter of like are they actually beneficial for us and in what ways. Because I'll tell you why I ran 3.7 miles. It's because I started my Apple Watch on a run and I had forgotten that it was at 10%. And I wanted to get in at least two and a half to three miles of running. And so my watch died yeah. while I was running in my neighborhood. And I know a three-mile route in my neighborhood. So I was like, well, I'm kind of screwed now. My watch is dead. I don't know how I've how far I've run because I went off that normal route. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to run that route now. There you go. So then I ended up with way more than I needed to do for my training. You did good. I think uh, hey, that 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 is good. We should dive into wearables and not 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 even specifically like wearables, like any kind of fitness tracker and why somebody would be interested in wearing something like that. What it can do for you, the benefits of it, regardless of the brand. It's not like you know, I mean, just because <clears throat> whoop, just because like I wear a whoop, and you know, there's a bit of a relationship there with whoop, and doesn't mean that they sponsor this or endorse me in any way if they, they sure w- don't because i don't have one <laughs> but if they wanted to i'll make sure uh that they know uh we're happy to um take uh that sort of support yeah right me. now i'm using apple watch, apple watch like series three so not even the latest one you know yeah well it, like you know specifically to what we do too which is more like mixed modal training and strength training the wearables i feel aren't as beneficial for us they don't tell us as much in fact like if you use if you use the wearable to give yourself some sort of um idea of what your strain is like or what your stress is like or chronically over time it almost shows you like shows it like you're not doing very much because it doesn't it's not intended to measure mechanical strain so it's really good, I feel like, for more aerobic-based athletes or aerobic-based sports to track that because it's built to. But for guys who do what we do or, you know, honestly, that's what I do like about the WHOOP the best and the way they do their strain score and the way you can choose the different activities. Whereas other mainstream wearables, like I have a Garmin as well, it, it's really geared towards the aerobic work. Yeah, I think that's true. And I just want to put this out there to wearables companies. Work on your swimming features because they never track distance in pools accurately. Well, well, yeah, but then you have to swim. Yeah, then you have to swim. <laughs> but or, or as I like to call it, try not to drown so, for half an hour. That's right. So <laughs> what we could say then is they're really good for endurance on dry land. Land-based sports. <laughs> land-based activities. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is probably like... 95% of the population. Yeah. But there's like 3% of the population that's super into data in the pool. Yeah. And they're not getting it. Yeah. 
No, uh, yeah, let's we, we let's put it on the list and we'll talk about it. Um, wearables, I, I think it's a cool topic. I, I like wearing it. I like to nerd out on the stuff, but uh, everyone likes to talk shit about the one they don't like and the one they do like. They're all just, I think it's relative to you. You pick one, and, we'll get into this later, but you pick one and you stay with it and it track it over time and it, it'll be good enough relative to you and the population that we're talking about. Right? Yeah. Uh, so anyways, okay, I'm going to stop stalling. Yeah, you get into this. Okay. I want to see how red you turn while you're talking about this. Okay, so I'm not, okay, not going to turn red, but here's – well, we'll see, right? But here's what I want to talk about or, or really just have a conversation about, and I want to put it out there. And I am scared to talk about this because uh, I don't want to come across as um, insensitive because I'm not. If I was, I wouldn't be doing what I do for a living. I don't want to come across as uh, um, a jerk. I don't want to come across as something that is cancel-worthy just because I'm coming out counter to um, the mob and what the mob says regarding this topic. Yeah, so you're you're coming at it from the counterculture approach. So now, which it, which, now it, you're the hippie it, listen, and everything else is mainstream. Yeah, right, sure. And, and, and the fact that we are calling... What I'm about to talk about, what we're about to talk about, counterculture or counter to the norm or counter to popular thought, um, it is completely offensive to me. And I, I think it is, um, I, it just shows. Getting triggered. No. It, it, it just shows like where we are as a society. So here's what we're talking about. I'm going to lay this out for you. I, I'm not going to get into – I'm going to make some blanket statements here first before I get into any of this. These are some disclaimers about how <laughs> I feel about all this stuff. And, and then, Levi, of course, before I say anything, you can say what you think because I don't want people to misinterpret what you said. And, and I want to be very careful that people don't take anything we say here out of context. I mean it in a, in a very specific way. I will say what I mean, and um, I don't want people to, to extract one little part of it and use it for their own narrative. I think that people should do whatever the hell makes them happy as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. Uh, I mean, what more to say about it is that the gender stuff, the um, like sexual preferences, what you want to do for work, what color your hair is, where you want to put a tattoo on your face. I don't care. Right? I do not care. I, and I hope I hope that you're happy, if you're truly happy, and you're living your life um, in a way that makes you happy, and that you are spending time with people who care about you for you, and you're not doing things or not doing things or being with people or not being with people because of outside pressures. I truly want people to be happy. I think everybody should be treated with respect regardless of any of those uh, elements we just talked about. I don't think you should be mean to people. I don't think you should be disrespectful to people. I don't think you should discriminate uh, against people based on their sexual preference, their um, the way they identify uh, as a male or a female or a freaking bunny rabbit. I, I don't care. Um, race, of course, like of course, right? Um, Says the two white guys. Yeah, the two white guys, right. Um, whether you are heavy or overweight, and, uh, uh, um, or underweight for that matter, because we'll, we'll get into that. But here's where I'm having this problem. The so with all that being said, like everyone, just be fucking nice. I, I mean, come on, come on, like be nice. Yeah. Like be respectful. Be a to good people. person. Be a good person. Like d- just don't be. A jer- like we're all just living our lives and we've got one of them and we're all doing the best we can and some people need help and some people have different thoughts running through their head and just like I can't control that I'm attracted to a female and I like the things I like and that they certain people can't control those things either uh, let them live their lives and be nice be nice with that being said there has been this I along with all these other pushes to make um everyone else basically bow down to your individual thoughts and your individual thoughts um, take precedent over um, 
the norms that have been established. Uh, what you know, and let's not be crazy about this. I'm not saying like every idea anybody's ever had or that's established is the right idea. I'm just saying like things we've accepted to be fact and to be true. Um, if you go counter to that, uh, we're all just supposed to agree to that and now say, oh, okay, none of these things that we know to be true matter anymore, and we're going to start to um, just cater to this way of thinking. Specifically in this conversation, I am talking about this uh, thing that's going around where people who are losing weight are being criticized for pushing I, – I don't – I don't know another way to say this, but the, the term is, is fat phobic. And I don't, I don't necessarily like the term, but it, it's the term that's being used. It's not a term that I use. I don't say fat phobic. I don't refer to that, but because that's the term that's being pushed out in the media and in, in social media platforms and things like that, uh, I'll refer to it as that for the sake of this conversation. And, and the thought is this, and it's everywhere right now. It's on the news. Um, Joe Biden just put a physician in his cabinet that is basically saying um, people have obesity. It's not a condition that they can do anything about. Um, there is this thought that obesity is really just in the in the in the work around obesity to um, help somebody with that situation is really just people being fat phobic and there isn't anything wrong with it. And it all stems from <coughs> the idea that obese people don't meet the traditional idea of what's beautiful or what's attractive, which couldn't be further from the truth from where that all comes from. And then the biggest problem being that obesity really doesn't carry with it any inherent health risks or concerns. It's all just uh, propped up by who people are sexually attracted to or aren't. So therefore, there's a push to have people lose weight um, or people want to lose weight to be more sexually attractive. And while that may be a part of it, it certainly is not the main reason why we try to address the obesity epidemic in this country. And we'll get into the details of why it's important because as a strength conditioning coach and also I would say equal parts a health and wellness coach for the general population, the idea that I don't want to get people healthier to give them a better quality of life so they have more time with their loved ones so they can do more things with the people they care about and have a more fulfilled experience in this life they have is complete horseshit and counter to everything we know about human physiology. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really complicated topic because there's a lot of social sides of the issue there's a lot of mental sides there's of the feelings issue. There's, in there yeah there's feelings in there there's uh, obviously physical benefits or repercussions of being fat not being fat there's all kinds of sides to it i think i think you're right i think there is a big social at least in the united states a big social push to be accepting of everyone which i think you should be accepting of everyone and kind to them like you talked about like being a good person isn't related to what you look like or what someone else looks like it's based on how you treat other people and so to your point about like everyone be kind to each other like just because someone is heavy or overweight or big that doesn't mean you would and I know this of you like you're not going to judge them as being less of a person or less of a good quality person than someone else who's fitter. It's more, and I know to your mindset, it's just a physical attribute, and it's probably one of which that you want to, that you would like to help them address in order to improve their health and, and improve their longevity and their quality of life. And that's not to say that if you're overweight, you don't have some of those things like you don't have good quality of life there's a lot of ways to measure quality of life and so certainly being fit and being skinny isn't the end-all be-all of everything that has to do with life quality of life loved ones uh, anything like that but there are issues that come up with obesity and so let's let's even push more into 
obesity versus just overweight. Yeah, so so I, I will agree with you there. And and here's what I if we were to think about it like this, you know, there's a big pie graph and there were different slivers of it that ha, you know that were elements of what somebody would refer to as this impacts quality of life or, or not like you know job satisfaction what kind of money you have you know where you live and you, all, all these things that go into play and that would affect quality of life and people will weight those things differently we're not talking about that necessarily right what i'm specifically talking about it, and this is um this idea has been brought up a number of different ways but I'm not just talking about like right now it's like every little community like certain people try to wedge themselves into this whole conversation of acceptance. I accept you at, if if somebody were first off, I have been friends with people who are obese. And when I say obese, I mean clinically obese. I don't mean like my opinion is that they are heavier than they should be. I mean clinically obese, right? Okay, I've been friends with these people, and it's not like I sit there and nag them about their body weight. Now, I will be the first person to try to help them when they reach out for help. Okay, And almost everybody, especially when they figure out what I do, does ask for that help. But it's not like I go chasing them down saying, you need help, you need help. I wait till they come to me. That's number one. I accept them for who they are. What I don't agree with is that A, they have to accept the state that they're in and then people outside telling them, hey, actually, there isn't anything wrong with the physical condition you're in and there's nothing you can really do about it. So you should just accept it and everyone around you should accept it because it's just not true. And, and here's what I mean. If somebody, right, was clinically underweight. They ate and threw up, right? Which we refer to as bulimic, right? And they were just bone skinny and had zero energy and all of the health-related risks that go with somebody who's bulimic. We wouldn't say, that's okay. That's how you want to be. And you feel like you should throw up after you eat because you don't have a healthy concept of what you look like. So if you want to throw up after you eat and you want to make yourself sick, hey, that's what you want and I accept. No, of course not. But when it comes the other way, right, all of a sudden we're supposed to be okay with it. We're supposed to be okay with the fact that we know they have health risks inherent with being clinically obese and, and and let's we'll address the the the, the other factors related to that yeah, i was but, gonna say let's let's uh caveat that a little bit because yeah. there are conditions in which 100 obesity or being overweight is primarily out of your control there are genetic and there are mental factors at play here and well and there's disease processes yeah, as well 100 percent Hypothyroid, yeah. Hypothyroidism is probably the easiest like one to point out right away. So if you have okay. low thyroid, yep. then you are going to gain weight and it's going to be very difficult to get off of it. Even with medication a lot of times, right. but, but, you're still slightly hypo, which is going to make it more challenging. More challenging. So, okay, but let, let's just say we had 10 obese, uh, clinically obese people in front of us, and then maybe one of them is dealing with one of these special circumstances. So it's not the majority. They would be in the minority. And then if I still took that person and I had a good medical team around them by that, I mean, a doctor who is first saying, this is the best medication for you. Let's get you on this nutrition protocol and let's get you living a very active lifestyle style what we're saying is you might not look like brad pitt in fight club okay but we can nobody wants to look like that <laughs> who would want to look like that but you can certainly reduce right the 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 the, the, the obesity factors that you might be leaning into if you weren't doing all those things so i'm not saying it's easy like nothing's easy getting strong is not easy getting really fit isn't easy not being overweight if you have some cards stacked against you it, it isn't easy. None of it's easy. And I'd, I'm not saying there aren't some certain specific medical conditions that are outliers to the norm. But to suggest that on, um, on the whole, 
there's nothing you can do about obesity. And number two, there isn't a need to because there isn't anything wrong with it is not right. And you're hurting people. Yeah, I agree with that. I think where this stems from, unfortunately, is like two two different areas is poor health education and poor understanding of uh, so three things poor understanding of science and poor application of science so and where I'm what I mean by this is at least in the US we track health as a population a lot of times through BMI mm -hmm. and BMI only considers weight and height mm -hmm. which numerous studies have indicated <laughs> is not a very good measure of normal weight, underweight, overweight, obese. Uh, I don't have the exact details of the study on me right now, but there have been multiple that looked at people that are classified as overweight or obese with low body fat percentage mm -hmm. and high lean muscle mass percentage, mm -hmm. which indicated so in BMI, they would have been obese or, or overweight, and all of their health markers indicated that they were at least normal, if not healthier than normal. And so that's where we have bad application of science, you know, or bad application of a measurement. Using BMI, as most physicians or healthcare workers use it, it doesn't really tell you anything about a patient. And so we get all this data that says we as a nation have a high BMI or we're all overweight or obese because of these measurements of BMI. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to say that we're overweight or obese because as a nation we probably are. We probably all, not all, vast majority of people have excess body fat. You know, they're probably outside of the norm of percent body fat. We're also a, l a largely sedentary population. Yeah, and and you don't see that in less well-developed countries, mm -hmm. where there's more physical work to be done in less abundance of easy food sources. Mm -hmm. And so, you have poor health education. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen anything about like education in schools about health. Like, mm -hmm. you can certainly look up like government recommendations on what food sources are supposed to be yeah, don't, and, don't even get me started on that <laughs> and that they're not fantastic and then you have poor physical education a lot of times yeah you know through adolescence and into adulthood and then we become sedentary during mm -hmm. our work years and then if you're not someone who actively pursues education in science mm -hmm. after high school then you probably have a poor understanding of research as well and what research methods are like, what research actually means, what it says, <coughs> and that a single study hardly means anything. You need a collection of studies. Sure. You know, one of the best ways to look at research is, I know you know this, systematic reviews and meta-analyses. Yep. And that's because they are yeah, but studies over you know, multiple, multiple other trials. Yeah, Levi, that all takes work. And nobody <laughs> and nobody wants to do that damn work. They just want to... It, it's so much easier to say like, oh, wait, thinking about this this way hurts this person's feelings. And, and without thinking about the long-term damage that I would do overall. All right, so is all that stuff you're saying takes a lot of work. and takes a lot of somebody... Uh, doing some investigation and, some, and taking part in some education to understand what the hell it is they're talking about, what it is they're saying. Right, so uh, let's get down to let's get down to, like the, the the essential parts of this. There are multiple factors that impact. Right, let these are the facts of the situation. This is not my opinion. Right, this is not what I feel about this situation. These are the facts. These are the things that impact somebody's body composition: their genetics, medications that they're on, their hormonal structure, or their hormonal process, which can be individualized, like you talked about, their metabolism. I would, I would add to this their activity level and what they eat. Let's be straight up. Some of these things we can control 
And some of these things we cannot control. Some of these things we can't affect change in, some we cannot. You don't get to pick a new mom and dad after you already got popped out. It's too bad. My dad's a lot smaller than I'd like him to be. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had some taller parents too. But like that, so I can bitch about that and I can be upset or I can influence the things that I can. We say this in all other aspects. When it comes to finances, when it comes to like prepping for school or something like that, like it, any, any other aspect of someone's life, we say, hey, there are things out of your control and there are things within your control. So don't spend your time worried about and focused on the things out of your control. Maximize your effort within the areas you can influence, like diet and exercise. And if you are in one of these populations we talked about before with some sort of um, medical situation that needs some sort of like traditional medical intervention, you get that proper intervention. And then you add to that proper diet and exercise. So to, to say like all factor, like, okay, I have met people, right? I, I have met people that have some of these um, struggles, some of these medical specific struggles that um, they need medication for. Yeah, I've, I've certainly had, like I've had athletes and I've had, <laughs> in particular, I've had swimmers. Yep. That you know their parents bring them in and they're they have hypothyroidism or yeah. something like that and you know they which, which is a struggle enough right right but when when that person goes okay wh- here's here's my problem oh I've got this going on you don't know my struggle okay I got you but when every time you have a meal it's fast food when you come in and you have a big gulp and you fill that thing up three times a day and then you want to tell me that it's your thyroid issue it like just it's not owning any of your shit that's what i'm talking about like that's the person saying like hey i've got this going on so i might as well not do anything it's like saying it's like saying if you had if you didn't have a very good car right if you had a car that wasn't very nice and you said well this car is a piece of shit so I'm going to treat it like a piece of shit because it doesn't really matter versus, right? And then that car gets worse and worse and worse and doesn't last you as long as you might need it to. That's why you buy Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Toyota. Yeah. Just ver- kidding. Ver- versus if you had a car and it wasn't very nice and it was the only car you had and it was kind of like, you know, it, like it ran fine for now, but like it was beat up, it was ugly, um, it, 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 like certain things didn't work, windows didn't work, roof rack... And, and you did your best to keep it super nice. And you cleaned it all the time. You didn't put any trash in it. When something broke, you fixed it. You, tr- you treated it as well as you could because you knew it had to last you for a long time. It's two different ways of thinking, right? So we know there are things you can influence. We know there are things you can't. To tell people they, should not, they shouldn't worry about this because A, there's nothing they can do about it, is just a flat out lie. Yeah, and I besides being a flat out lie, I do feel like because there are factors that are influenced by your energy output, mm-hmm. your effort in controlling them, it becomes irresponsible. Yes. to to lead people astray from 100% putting any kind of effort into doing something about it. And this goes into, you know, this is everything. It's not just this issue. No, everything, man. And so, okay, let's say those things again. We said there were basically five things that led to the physical state somebody was in. Uh, Their genetics, obviously, right? Medications, their hormones, which you pointed out, their metabolism, which is also like related to the other two factors, which is your uh, physical activity, you call it exercise if you want to, and the food you eat. And people still today who say the food you eat has zero impact on your body, it, it, it's crazy. But those are the five factors that impact your body composition. So the, you can influence some of those. You can influence them. And like you reading through that list again made me think like a lot of those five factors influence the other factors. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 100%. Your, your physical activity is going to affect your hormone output. Your metabolism. And your hormone output is going to affect your metabolism. Yep. yep. Your metabolism and your hormone output are going to affect um, how much you need certain medications depending on what the condition is. Absolutely. Let's, let's say you have depression. Yep. Which 
chronic we're gonna get long into the, term depression. We're gonna get into oh it, it, is that not something related to clinical clinical obesity? Yeah, oftentimes. Oh, okay, so yeah, we'll get into that too. But so you, you have all these factors that have an interplay. They're not isolated. They're mm-hmm. not one and done. They all interconnect. They all are related. And if you influence one, you are likely to influence other ones. Yeah, like we we know all we know type two diabetes is associated with clinical obesity. Okay, do people not? get off of diabetes medication when they change their diet and add exercise to the protocol? Yeah, the vast majority of time, like if someone loses, if they're type 2 diabetic and they're significantly overweight, yeah, there are cases where they are not. But if they there are, are... Yes, there yes. are cases where they are not. Yes. But let's say that obesity was the leading cause to developing type 2 diabetes then resolving the obesity issue oftentimes also resolves the type 2 diabetes. And at the very least, it will decrease the amount of medication that you need to take yeah. Yeah. for that. It is immoral. It is immoral to claim counter to that. If you're going to stand up, especially if you're going to be a medical professional, or as somebody who is a health and wellness professional, like it personally offends me. Where are my feelings? How about this shit? Okay, it personally <laughs> offends me that people would stay up and say these things. So okay, we, we set all the factors that are um, related to somebody's physical condition, right? Some they can do something about, some they cannot. The other thing that has been getting me all fired up about this, because again, why are we talking about this? Because it's my job to help people through this. My job is not to give people workouts who like to work out. My job is to, whatever the problem is, find the solution. And if it's somebody trying to have more years with their kids or their grandkids, I want to find the solution. If it's somebody who wants a faster 40 time, I want to find the solution. If it's somebody who wants to not black out when they're flying an F-16, I want to find the solution. And let's face it, for the majority of my career, it has been normal people who want a better quality of life. That's why we're talking about this because it is my job. And to say that I sh- to say that because this ex- my job exists and I find purpose in helping people do this that I'm fat phobic, I find absurd. Okay? So the other the, so that's why we're talking about this. But the other part of this that a we, there's nothing you can do about uh, your physical condition whether you're obese or or you're clinically underweight or you know anything in between we gave you those five factors but it's the argument that um, there are no benefits to losing weight and there are no health risks to being clinically overweight or being obese and, and if we were just to say a few I've got a list right here right higher blood pressure, higher triglycerides, higher risk of, of heart disease, uh, reduced mobility, uh, 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 reduced mobility, uh, increased uh, inflammation, increased pain with movement, uh, poor sex drive, erectile dysfunction for men, uh, poor mood, poor sleep, sleep low self-esteem, um, low or high insulin resistance, and high risk for several multiple types of cancers and a high risk for multiple chronic illness. And when I say chronic illness, I'm talking about the things that are still responsible for killing 70% of people in this country. Folks, it is not COVID that is killing... This is going to get our podcast taken down. (laughs) It is not COVID that is killing most people in this country. 70% of the deaths in this country are attributed to chronic illness. Chronic illness we know is largely preventable. So with losing weight, what happens? Lower blood pressure, lower level of triglyceride, less risk of heart disease, improved mobility, better sex, uh, your dick works, you'll have a better mood, you'll have more energy, you'll sleep better, you will have better self-esteem, improved insulin resistance. Insulin is the main cause of a lot, uh, chronic elevated insulin is the main cause we know of a lot of these chronic illness and therefore lowering the risk of these cancers and chronic illness. These are things we know to be true. And so to say that there aren't benefits to people creating a healthier organism, 
which is their body that they exist in is criminal. Like I do, I don't listen. I don't want heavy people to feel bad about being heavy. If they if they looked at me straight in my eye, if somebody ob said I am fat and I love it, I like the way I look, I enjoy my life, I get laid, I sleep just fine. My I I, I know the health risks associated with this, but the way my life is right now, I like it. I would say, sweet, you do you. But most people cry. And they tell me, I want to change my life. I can't get up and down the stairs. Uh, I, I, I have to get two freaking seats when I go to get on an airplane. I have to check and, and make sure my chair won't. Like, when I'm talking about obese people, like, they have so many struggles. And they don't want them. And I think it's insensitive to say, hey, uh, uh, you don't need to change that. I'm here to say I'm happy to help you change that. Yeah, and I think I think that's, you've, you got to it right there at the end is what gets you fired up about it. And I think similarly, like that's telling someone that it's, it's not an issue is maybe, maybe it helps their mental state a little bit because it takes a little bit of the worry away for them to say, Oh, well, it's not a big deal to be obese because someone on the radio or on the news or whatever told me that it was okay to to be obese but it doesn't take away the daily struggles no it doesn't take away the daily struggles but also you can't even say that first part because even finally a year into covid who who did they say what there were two populations levi two populations that were most at risk of a severe reaction to covid19 what were they yeah the elderly and overweight okay elderly and overweight and so now you have joe biden bringing in this uh, don't talk about Joe Biden. Okay, I'm not trying to talk. Okay, I'm not trying to make this. Uh, this is not about politics. But what I'm saying is, we know this because it happens with every political. Administration. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. They're all a bunch of idiots. What I what I'm trying to say is, now you have this doctor who's advising right public health, saying there isn't inherent risk factors to being overweight, and we shouldn't be pushing people who are overweight to lose weight because A, it's out of their control, B, actually there's no benefit to it. When we just told them for two years that you have a significantly, statistically, astronomically increased risk to a severe reaction to COVID-19, and that's just that one thing. Yeah, that one thing. Like, there's there's tremendous improvement in just general recovery ability when you don't have chronic low to high grade inflammation which is what you get with obesity and excess fat because of the metabolic processes the type of hormones that are secreted you're going to have greater inflammation and so your body is spending more time fighting inflammation than it necessarily, then it can it takes resources that could be allocated elsewhere to help you yeah. fight off infection or disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, this whole thing to me, um, it's just scary, it's sad, and it it makes me angry, and and, and, and not from no one can tell. Yeah, no one can. And and not from this sense of like like I mean this like I I really do like I like to say like oh people annoy the shit out of me and uh, like I I really do spend a lot of time if you ask people like who really know me um, I spend a lot of time just thinking about um, really just life in general uh, my own life other people's lives the fact that we're all in our own little simulation our own little life we're all having our own experiences. And we all only have one. And I want everyone's life. And we're all, man, we're all struggling with different things. Like, we all aren't born with the genetics of elite athletes. So what, do I tell a, an athlete that wants to play a sport, like, oh, man, you just weren't born with that. So sucks to be you, and you just might as well give up and not try. No. Athletes who aren't as genetically gifted work really hard and excel well past people who are genetically gifted all the time. It's no different than that situation. Like you control what you can and then you deal with the other stuff that you don't really have an impact on. That's why you do the most you can with what you can. And and my job as a health and wellness professional is to look at people with compassion, uh, with love, with understanding, with empathy and say, hey, if you want these things, they are achievable. 
you can make a difference. It is beneficial and in your best interest and in the people you love's best interest for you to take care of yourself and make these changes. And I have seen people, it's a dime a dozen stories of people who have radically changed their life through diet and exercise and have a profoundly more enjoyable experience in this one life we have. And so this TikTok, Instagram, politic bullshit where we're telling people that it doesn't matter if you're overweight and there's nothing wrong with it and there's no health risks to it and there's nothing you can do about it really so you might as well just deal with it and everybody else around you uh, is really just having a problem with it because they're not attracted to you because they've been told this other thing's not attractive is all just bullshit that people are telling you. (sighs) (laughs) We got a little... uh... (laughs) Rush Limbaugh there for a minute. No, I, I, no. It, yeah. it's just I know you feel really strongly about it, and I think rightfully so. Like being told that basically what you do doesn't matter, because as you said, the vast majority of people that you work with, that I work with, they're not elite specimens of humanity. They're average everyday people, and in our country, the vast majority of that means that. You got some extra weight to lose. Yeah. And that's not like you don't have to lose it necessarily. If you, as we've talked about, you will probably have better health, better physical function, better mental function. If you can do that, um, it's, and it's not to say that it's not a struggle. Like everybody who. Everything's a freaking struggle, Who is going to, who's going to have some kind of physical change is going to struggle. Yeah. It's just how you want to apply your energy and how you want to apply your effort. The, the, the fact of the matter is this. like we, we as a country would not have been in the shape we were in if we... Okay, look this up. Everyone who thinks I'm full of shit, go to the CDC website and look these statistics up. Over 70% of the deaths in the United States right now are still as a result of people succumbing from a chronic illness. Over 80% of total healthcare cost is spent combating chronic illness. America has a lifestyle and food issue. If that wasn't the situation, we wouldn't have the health risks we see. You you cannot have that situation and then say this to people. If I had the choice, if I could pick right now, of a gym, and I, I would say um, you can work with uh, CrossFit Games athletes only, or you can work with general population uh, folks. And the general population folks is going to largely be um, elderly who are looking to maintain function and stay out of nursing homes, and overweight people who are looking to reclaim the quality of life. I would pick that ever every time, and I tell new trainers this at seminars. I'm telling people now through this uh, medium here, your job is to help people that need you. It's not just the sexy stuff to get people to run faster and jump higher and lift more. We are here as strength and conditioning coaches, health and wellness coaches, fitness trainers to help the people that need you. And we as a society are telling everybody that needs us, it doesn't matter anymore. So we'll we'll switch um, switch directions just a little bit and we'll lean towards my profession for just a minute. Okay. So one of the, like you've talked about chronic disease and illness and it being what the majority of money is spent on in the United States. Mm -hmm. One of the top five conditions that money is spent on in the United States is low back pain. Mm -hmm. And that's an increasing number every single year along with heart disease. Mm Mm-hmm over the past I think it's been 30 or 40 years I don't have the statistics with me but it's continued to rise over and over and over what would you say the top three are so you're saying heart disease heart disease cancer um, and I don't remember I think it's it's either diabetes or low back pain so it's it's up there it's one of the top five Mm -hmm. and that was not the case when people were more active in our society we've seen continued increase in back pain and all the other chronic diseases and pathology since people have become more and more sedentary 
taking less responsibility for their own diet, mm-hmm. you know, eating more fast food, eating out more, less cooking at home, making your own food from ingredients that are perishable, mm-hmm. meaning they're not from a box or in plastic bags. And people can't seem to figure out the link between why back pain keeps getting worse and how we address it. Well, how are we going to do that, Levi? When, and, and I mean this. Like, this is why I tell you I'm scared of, of posting this episode. Okay? Because yeah. I know doctors who are told by superintendents that they can't tell a patient, if you lose 20 pounds, this symptom will be alleviated. Yeah, and there's... Yeah, you're not really... That's not something that you hear in the medical community. You don't hear it very often in physical therapy. You used to. You used to. You used to. You used to hear it a lot. And I've not done research on it. There's certainly been some research done on whether or not being overweight causes back pain. And I don't necessarily think it causes back pain, but there are a lot of factors that go along with being overweight or obese that do contribute to back pain, like being sedentary, not being active, having muscular atrophy and so you are less yeah. resilient as a human being yeah. I'm sure I've, all the people who are 45 years old and 200 pounds overweight walking with a cane and their legs can't bend are having no pain whatsoever Yeah, I've, but anecdotally I've never met someone that had back pain as a heavy person mm-hmm. and lost weight that didn't feel better it's, well that's like me saying that I can't think of one person and I have worked with let me be clear, hundreds of people who were clinically overweight and obese who didn't have an amazingly wonderful transformation mentally and physically and emotionally upon losing that weight. Quality of life in all areas that we talked about goes up. I'm not saying it is the cure-all. I'm saying life would get better for them. Yeah, it's not a cure-all. But physical activity and increasing physical activity, which can be a hard hard sell to a, a lot of people, but increasing physical activity is the closest thing that we have to a magic pill or a silver bullet. Like if you increase your physical activity and manage your diet, like you get almost magic. It's mm-hmm. slow magic. Yeah, it is but, slow magic. It <laughs> but is but slow it's magic. magic. Yeah. No, you, you, you couldn't be more right. I think a more active lifestyle. Compa- l- listen, here's the other thing too. Let's add the like the, the, the mental side of this thing. Um, when people, they think they're hungry, but they aren't. And like we, we know this to be true with certain people. It's like, well, I want things all the time that I can't have right then and there. And we wouldn't say, oh, well, just do it. Like it takes some coaching. It takes some lifestyle adjusting. It might take some... Uh, a therapist intervening as well. Like there are lots of things at play here, yeah, but, the, that's, but that's a really good point. And I think the, the mental side of it, I think is often undervalued. Like you wouldn't like, like you said, you want things all the time. There are people that are certainly like that are drug addicts that are porn addicts. Right. And like porn's a great uh, comparison because you can pull up, on your phone, on your computer, whatever, at any time. I've never done that. <laughs> and, you, and you could pull something up. You could do it in a library. People get caught in libraries all the time. Yeah. You see it on the news. It's just it's accessible People, everywhere. It's, it's accessible, just like food's accessible. Mm-hmm. And if somebody gets caught doing it, mm-hmm. they get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and but there, eating only there are specialists that they are sent to. Yep, mental health professionals that help them mm-hmm. with an addiction to pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes where there is an issue with obesity and trying to resolve it is people know that there's the physical component. You have to address a mental component 100%. as well. And not to mention, like you said, like the, the sex thing, right? Like we, it's a whole nother topic, but it's like, it's everywhere. Like se- people say sex sells, like sex is used to market any kind of product, whether it's cologne or food, right? But like, also like anywhere you go, I mean, dude, the the room next door to us, like the break room, that they put snacks in 
for the pilots to have access to 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 buy is nothing but bullshit. There are literally like zing zangs and fucking twinkie like things that are outlawed in other countries. They're over there to make sure the guys have snacks. Like bad food, easy food, quick food it is everywhere. And so yeah, making sure that people have the mental like the cognitive tools the emotional tools to be like, hey, listen, like we we've, we we talk about this with drinking with yeah. alcoholics. Let's back that up just yeah. a little bit too. They have all that snack food over there, yeah, and it's super cheap. Twenty five cents, yeah, for a zigzag. What are they called? I don't know. But they're disgusting looking. <laughs> but somebody goes to like Sam's Club, Costco, whatever, and buys a bunch of it. They stock that break room. One of the guys that we know is an avid hunter, and he smoked some bighorn sheep with like gruyere cheese in it mm-hmm. and brought it into the squadron he invited a bunch of people to come in and there were there's a lot of people that are here and a lot of them did not take him up on it because they thought it would be weird thought it would be strange because it's something that they're not used to they're not comfortable with different food and then the people that did come over couldn't believe how good it was like they couldn't believe how tender it was how flavorful it was um and so we're such a it's such a strange food culture that we have where there's all of this easy access food and someone brings in something that they may may never get again if they're not hunters Mm -hmm. or go to some kind of super fancy specialty restaurant and people are turning down that opportunity because it's outside of the norm for them Mm -hmm. Um, and those that are brave enough or open enough to come try it were welcomed into a really nice experience yeah and so you can same same kind of thing applies to fitness like you if you can get over the initial hurdle of getting in doing something it's it's a it's a community like yeah. it's a it's a great community and can help bring a lot of joy and satisfaction to your life well i think i think what we could do like honestly is put another like we could put when we were talking about genetics medications hormones metabolism physical activity and nutrition like somebody's mental state could be another one of those factors that like again though isn't in a silo like it's affected by some of these other things but is a side of all this that has to be addressed and nobody is saying that it's easy and nobody is saying it is hard but what I am saying is I am tired of these people standing up and saying to people that are hurting A. It doesn't matter if you do anything about this because there's no risk to it. B. uh, You can't really do anything about this so you might as well not try. C. um, Everybody should just let you live your life and accept you for who you are which we do accept you for who you are but I want to tell you right now if there is something you want to do about it you freaking call me yeah and i think that's that's 100% true i think there's things to do about it as professionals in the field do your best be kind to everybody treat everyone with respect and refer out when you need to like not everyone's going to be capable of handling the mental side of things or the injury side of things or if you're good at the mental side you might not be great at the physical side of things mm. refer out help people yeah, build get a them, team get yep build the team help the people get what they need. Listen, when we have a friend who's an alcoholic, do you just say, "Oh, that's what he wants and he he likes it and he he doesn't think there's anything wrong with it?" No, no you we intervene. make fun of him until he gets better. <laughs> yeah, you intervene and you care about them so you do something. Same thing like we said when somebody was bulimic, same thing we would do if somebody was like cutting themselves, same thing we would do if somebody was uh you know, doing any sort of self-destructive behavior, especially if they didn't realize it was self-destructive. If you care about somebody, you do something, especially if you're asked. Now, if you don't ask me, and like I said, you're happy, you live your life. But if you want something to be different, there is a whole industry out here that is here to help you. There are people who give a shit, who aren't going to just bow down to all this the stuff that's being pushed on social media and in the the larger media as a narrative as a whole, I just don't accept it. 
I don't accept it. Given what I have done for the past 13 years and, and, and how much I, I know health and wellness and fitness has helped me and keeps me steady through times that are hard and I struggle, I kind of come back to that as a base and I know how powerful it is and how much it's helped me and how much I've watched it help other people, I, I will not let it go away. Yeah, absolutely. Challenge, challenge yourself, challenge others, challenge conventional thought, whether that's what's going on right now where people are, say that everything's okay, um, or if, you know, challenge what we say. Do the research, find out for yourself, put in the work, that's where things happen for is sure. when you put in work. Yeah. I don't I don't think we're going to talk about functional movement today. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to we'll, it. We'll save that because I want to fight with you on that because I'm right and you're wrong. And uh, I don't think we have that different of we an don't, opinion on it. We don't. I'm kidding. And we've had the conversation many times, but I want to give it, obviously, it's due time, and um, we'll, we'll just devote a whole episode to it. All right. All right. Uh, try not to uh, work on the porn on your phone thing, okay? It's going to be a challenge. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge, especially with my, uh, my super bad cell service all the way back home. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope we didn't lose too many people in the middle of this. Uh, we'll be back uh, with you guys next week, and that's when we'll talk about the, uh, the functional movement and exercise selection piece. Hope you guys have a good week.